It's very imperative that we put the word in our life and in our heart. So, um, I guess maybe I said a lot. I do have a lot of favorite scriptures, but there are some that means more to me than others. And being a church planner, this is one of those that um, means a lot to me. So, um, Galatians 6 and 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate to him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. That's a powerful scripture right there. Powerful scripture. The next verse says, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And this part right here is where I really want to get to here. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Somebody say, we're going to reap what we sow. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Um, Brother Texas, could you bring me a bottle of waters, please, sir? I'm going to go ahead and put this up there because I know if you're on Facebook, you didn't see this. I'm going to start a little series. We'll see how far it goes. Thank you, buddy. And you may think it's strange, and you probably heard me talk about it a time or two. Make sure it door shut, bud. But I'm going to start this and talk about how how to eat an elephant. <laughs> I know, and I realize that this is a very strange title, no doubt, to us. Because after all, as hungry as we may get, who really wants to eat an elephant? Um, I know we've maybe all said some strange, maybe you haven't, but I've heard my brother say some strange concepts when he was hungry. And, and he could say, man, I could eat a, uh, eat the, how, how does he used to say that? I could eat the whole backside of a buffalo or something like that. So I, I'm, I've been hungry before, but I don't know if I've ever been that hungry don't know if I've ever been so hungry that I wanted to eat an elephant. But if that may not be weird enough to you today, let me throw you another elephant idiom today that may help us understand where I'm going to go. What is the elephant in your room? An idiom. An idiom is something, I'm not saying idiot, it's an idiom. It's where we use some type of thing to um, make a type and shadow for something else. And this is what both of these are, how to eat an elephant and uh, also about the elephant in our room. According to the Idiom Free Dictionary on Brother Google, an elephant in the room is an obvious truth or fact especially one that regards an embarrassing or an undesirable thing, something that is being intentionally ignored or left unaddressed. The phrase, when you talk about an elephant being in a room, is it is a serious problem that everybody is aware of, but which everybody wants to ignore and just choose not to mention it. Another one of the definitions is it's just a matter or a problem that is obvious Something of great importance, but we just don't discuss it openly. And today, even if we refuse to recognize the elephant in our room, we all have an elephant in our room. Some of us have two, three. Some of us have a whole herd of elephants in our, wor in our world, in our room, that we just choose to ignore. You know it's there. Other people know it's there, but for some reason... It just seems bigger than we're willing to uh, tackle, bigger than we're willing to try to conquer in our world, or um, not only conquer, or either try to build up in our life. Here's the thing. Over the next few Sundays, I'm going to endeavor to unpack this and help change our lives, both in our physical and our spiritual lives. Because here's the thing. Anybody ever been to the, the circus or fair wherever it may be or or maybe you remember watching Dumbo right elephants are really cute when they're little 
Elephants are real, really cute. And would not be much trouble to bring one of those cute little elephants into our house. We can walk it right through the door. We can take it through any door just about in our house, a little baby elephant. But here is the problem. With an elephant, they don't stay little and cute. They grow. And they get bigger. For an example, to tell you what I'm talking about today is how some things a kid does or says is really cute until they grow up. And then they say or do those things, and then it becomes an embarrassing to you, right? Or it becomes something that could cause them harm, trouble, could cause a lot of issues. For example, there used to be a, a kid that I knew, and I'll not say names or anything, you wouldn't know them, but I still, we're, we are recording this for a podcast, I don't want sure embarrassing by anything like that but particular young person that everybody thought it was cute the way he would cuss people and he would treat people he was so mean to everybody well the family was a rough bunch and they thought it was cute I mean I had this kid to cuss me spit at me oh they laughed they thought it was cute but wasn't as cute when he got about 20 and he was the bully and he uh, finally burnt down somebody's house along with some racial slurs and he spent 20 years in prison because cute grows up and it becomes something bigger than any of us can handle and the thing is that once the elephant has become mature in the house you cannot take it back out the way you brought it into your house because once that elephant grows up in our world, you're not taking that elephant back out that door you brought it in. Because it's become bigger than it was when you tuck it in. And, I, and let me tell you this, too. Um, an elephant, elephant poop can cause a lot of awful stink and mess in our world. All right, and I know that I'm not trying to be mean or graphic or dirty or anything, but, but let me tell you what. These things that we think are cute, when they grow up and they get big, they can create a lot of mess in our world that causes a lot of stink and a lot of issues in our life. So, once our cute little elephant grows up, the only way to get it out of our house is we've got to do some reconstruction in our homes. Okay? You just can't take it back out the same door. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to do some things. We're going to do something to our house to be able to get it out of there. You just can't take it out. So we all have these things in our life that has become bigger than we ever thought it would get and would like to get it out of our lives. Can I get an amen? Or let's take it the other way, the perspective. We also have those things that we want to add to our lives but when we look at the mountain of a task that's in front of us, this mountain or task in our life at hand, it seems almost impossible. So this brings me back to my series title today that here, is here behind me. How do we eat, how do we eat an elephant? Again, I'm not, I, I'm not talking about a real actual elephant. But I'm talking about a great big goal or a task that we need to do in our world. I'm talking about whether it be something that's, you know, as the elephant in the room that has become so big and we realize if I just ignore this, it'll go away, but we know it's not going away, and we know that when we brought it in our life, it was no big deal, but now we realize I've got to reconstruct my life to get this thing out of here. Or on the other side of the spectrum of we look at it as a mountain and we're like, I really would like to add this to my life. But it looks so big in my world, how can I ever accomplish it? So it's two sides of perspective today that I'm talking about this, this elephant, of how do we eat the elephant. Whether you're trying to eat it to get rid of it, or you're trying to eat it to add something to your life, it both works the same way. So I'm not sure how old this, this is an old proverb, this uh, how do you eat an elephant, how, or how to eat an elephant. I found it many different ways when I began to search and and look at it, and I've talked, I've 
hit on this thing a few times, but this just hit me this week and really strong. And I, to be honest with you, I am I'm hoping and I believe and I really feel like this is going to be uh, something that we're going to use as a church in the long run that we're going to turn into some type of discipleship program for new people that comes in our church. Because we're going to have people that's coming in our church that their lives are a mess. Their finances is upside down. Their marriage is all to pieces. Their, uh, their things is all tore up in their life. And they look at, they come, because here's the thing, you come to God and God saves us in the first three to six months is absolutely incredible because you're feeling overwhelmed by all the great things that happen in your life. But then God kind of takes this uh, uh, trial period off your life and backs up a little bit. And then life begins to pop you again. Life begins to hit you again. And the devil, because for a little while, God almost puts a hedge around you and says, you cannot touch this child for a while because I want them to bask in the presence and the wonderful grace that I've given them. So, and then after a while, God kind of backs off and says, okay, let's see what you're really made of. See if you really want to, see if you're doing this for the right reason or not. Are you just trying to get your life back? Or are you trying to make it, are you trying to make heaven your home? Because honestly, there's only two reasons people come to the house of God. And both of them are good, all right? They're either coming to try to get this life together or they really want to make heaven their home. Because people find themselves broke, disgusted, and all this kind of stuff. So they, they see their friends go to church, or they hear about church, or they're raised in church, and they realize, I can go to church, and this can get fixed. And I've kind of been talking about some of this some. But what happens is, once life gets fixed, they, realize, they think, well, I don't need God no more because life is fixed. And church was only about fixing this life and not eternity. Now, a lot of people come, and they're just trying to get their marriage fixed or their their health fix or whatever. And in the process, like I preached the other night, uh, how after, you know, they're paying off that payment and they realize, Sister Janet, this is a good life. I don't want to go back to my old life. And they come, maybe necessarily not for the right reason, but in the middle of that reason, they realize, I want to go to heaven. So I'm hoping we can take this I'm going to take this and try to turn it into a discipleship program that's going to help teach people how to live and get their life back. How to get the elephant out of their room or either how to attack that mountain that looks bigger than they are. This is the whole purpose of what I'm doing. So I'm going to be running this on Sunday. Um, I'm not sure if I'll do it next Sunday. It's Father's Day. Can you believe it's Father's Day already? And uh, we, may, we may go towards the Father's Day. Uh, day direction I kind of keep on task unless I can mix it in there and I might be able to do that too so we'll figure that out but I'm not sure how this proverb is how do you need an elephant but what I do know that Desmond Tutu that's a strange name but I'm guessing that's how you say it he was a South African angelic cleric and theologian once said it this way there's only one way to eat an elephant and that's a bite at a time all right and what's meant by this is that everything in life, uh, everything in life that seems daunting, overwhelming, uh, impossible, whatever other synonym you want to add in there with things that looks overwhelming and, and impossible, can be accomplished gradually by taking just a little bite at a time. All right? You can't eat an elephant all in one bite. None of us could, all right? Again, I realize none of us want to eat an elephant. But I hope you understand what I'm talking about. There's no way that you can obtain that prayer life all at one time. There's no way you can attain that study life all at one time. If you're in debt big time, there's no way that you can pay all that debt off at one time unless you get a big inheritance or somebody is just kind and just gives you a lot of money. So this is the thing I'm talking about. You can't just eat it all at one time. It takes one day at a time, one step at a time. And there are things in our life that we need to get out. Now, you may not be like me. and I, The only way I know to do as pastor or, or as a preacher is I want to be transparent, okay? I don't want you to think that I'm perfect because I am far from perfect. I have issues I've been working on and I'm still working on. Me and Sister Cheryl was talking about this morning heading to church and like you know two or three years ago 
maybe three or four years ago, I decided, you know what, I'm going to start reading a lot more. I'm going to start applying some things in my life, try to make me a better person. And I told her, I said, you know what, I've done that, but I feel like I've regressed and fell back just a little bit, and i got to get back on track. So I'm not perfect. Now, I feel like that this is where God sent me, and I do feel like I'm the perfect man to be the pastor of this city. But outside of that, I'm still a human. I'm learning every day. And there are things in our, my life, all of our lives, that we need to get out. And there's also things in our lives that we need to apply to our lives. But yet, when we look at them, Sister Hussey, they're way bigger than I can fathom. How am I going to do that? How am I going to accomplish that? And unfortunately, there are so many times these big tasks, these many things that, that need to go, and these things that need to come into my life or add to my life, they're contradicting each other. I need the elephant out of the room so I can get this in the room. And it's almost as if they're contradicting each other. And that makes it even more complicated, right? Uh, so let me just throw this out there for an example. You know you need to read your Bible more. But you also don't realize you're, reading, you're looking at Facebook too much. So somehow or another, you've got to break that habit, and it is a habit of just scrolling, and you've got to get into the habit of reading. All right? This is the kind of thing I'm talking about here. There's a man by the name of Elmer Towns. He once said, we are what we repeatedly do. He said, so excellence then is not an act, but it is a habit. We are creatures of habit, every one of us. Whether you think you're a person of habit or not, you are. You know how you can figure out whether you are or you're not, or what is a habit or what's not a habit? Go to the dollar store, the Dollar Tree, just get you a spiral notebook. You can get them for a dollar or less. Get you a cheap ink pen, and I want you every hour to log your time of what you do every day. From the time that you get up to the time you go to sleep, how long you sleep, do that for a week or two, and you'll figure out how many habits you really got, you got in your life and probably figure out what needs to go and what needs to stay. It's just simple principles that none of us are real good at. Some of us are real good at it, but some, most of us that I know are not. But, uh, and my purpose in this series is to help us go beyond where we are. And let me say this right now. If you are comfortable where you are in your life and in God, don't take this wrong, but you probably, if God really has something great for you, you can expect a storm to come your way. Because we can never get comfortable, never get comfortable in life. Whether it's your walk with God or just in life, period. Because God wants us to constantly move forward. We can't, I told, that's what I told Sister Cheryl. I said, you know, three or four or five years ago when I decided I'm going to make Daniel a better person, I feel like I've hit a plateau and now then I need to do something different to attack that next elephant in my life and go up a little bit higher. Because I've seen, I've found some more elephants in my world, and I've also seen some mountains in my world, and I need, I need them both to, I need the one to go away so the other one can come into my life. So this is my purpose, is to push us for us to go farther. But every one of us has these big elephants in our lives that we need to eat, all right? And we see the size of that elephant and we think, there's no way. I can never do that. Now, you may not be like it, but I look at that a lot of times and I think, there's no way. Sometimes I look at the, the, the huge task of trying to build a church and building uh, ministry teams and discipleship programs. And, 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 and uh, me and Sister Hussey was talking and she's talking about how she's an introvert. I'm that way by nature, and it's just kind of hard sometimes seeing somebody on the side of the streets, and you folks are not like this. You make me jealous sometimes, you know. Just go up and start talking to them and just start laying out the plan of salvation. Now, I get nervous for that, okay? I really do. Now, there's some people that don't. They're almost like, dude, calm down a little bit. You're going to run them off. And the next thing you know, they're coming through the, house, the church, right? So that's one of my elephants of my life. I heard a preacher talking about it here a while back, and he said he just prayed and said, God, there's people who needs to be saved, and I'm, I'm an introvert. You've got to help me, Lord. And today you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that when you see that person. 
You know how it happened? It took one bite at a time. It took one person after another inviting them to church. Amen. Corbin's helping if nobody else is. Amen. <laughs> Thank God he loves preaching. He acts like he does anyway. But there's no way to ever do these things unless we just start taking a bite. One bite at a time. One step at a time to get these things either out or in our life. And we see the size of that elephant and we think there's no way I can ever do it. We, we think there's no way to ever get out of debt. After all, it's the American way. What does America push you to do? Build your credit, which is the worst thing that's ever happened to the United States of America. Now, whether you believe that or not, it doesn't matter. Truth is truth whether we like it or not. But I have a goal to have no credit. Somebody says, why is that? Then you couldn't borrow, then you couldn't borrow the money to buy anything. I don't want to borrow. My goal is to get to the point that I don't have to borrow money. Okay? And somebody think, well, that's huge. How, how do you do that? One step at a time. You pay one bill off at a time. You make one payment after another payment. And you keep doing it till you get it paid off. All right? This is what I'm talking about. We look at that. There, we think there's no way I could ever get a new car. I'm always just going to have to get a, uh, an old clunker to drive around to get to the next clunker car, right? There's no way I could ever get a new house. We could just keep going through and you fill in the blank. Our American society says, oh yeah, you can go get it for 0% interest and all that. And I, this is not just money here today, but this is really big and this is something we all understand to drive home the point of where I'm at. We think, how can I ever do that? It's easy. You put $20 back every week or whatever amount you can, do you get enough cash Do you go pay for something? One dollar at a time. One bite at a time. One bill at a time. It works. I'm working on it. We need to work on it. Then we, let's go farther than the physical realm of it, okay? We think, I could never lose 50 pounds. You know how you can lose 50 pounds? One pound at a time. You know how you can do that? A mile a day. Pushing, going from five meals a day to three. Go from, go from uh, going back for seconds, thirds, and fourths. To just, you know, go from fourths to thirds to seconds to where you only eat one plate. Now, see, this is stuff that makes us uncomfortable because we get talking about the elephant in the room. It's like, oh, it's not there. We're going to ignore it. No, we all have an elephant. And whether yours is money, whether yours is weight, whether yours is relationship, the only way we can attack this thing is we've got to do it one bite at a time. Because if we don't do something about the elephant in the room, we're going to continue to have the stink, continue to have the mess that it creates in our world. All right? And we've, let, let's go beyond that. There's no way I could ever play an instrument. We think there's no way. We look at, you guys look at Bethany playing the piano and think, wow, well, you wasn't there. When I was shelling out $40 and $50 a month for her piano lessons, and Cheryl spent minutes and hours and days saying, why aren't you practicing? You need to practice piano. Daddy said, look, I'm putting thousands of dollars in you to play the piano. Why ain't you practicing? But one practice after another, one argument after another, one push after another, and today we have a Bethany that's incredible playing the piano and singing. And we can do that too, right? People look at Michael Jordan. They say the greatest basketball player of all time. Well, that just didn't happen for Michael Jordan, all right? There was hours, there was, there was one shot after another, one shot missed and one shot made when everybody else was doing other things. And this is what we got to realize. When we start doing this one bite at a time, it's going to take some time to do. We think, there's no way I could ever pray like that. I could never pray like you fill in the blank, whoever you want it to be, whether it be uh, Bishop White or G, the late G.A. Mangan who had an incredible prayer life. You just fill in the blank. I could never pray like that. Well, if we get up and think, Listen, if you pray, if you don't pray, and then you decide, I'm going to start praying an hour a day tomorrow, you won't pray. You'll probably pray an hour a day tomorrow, and you might pray an hour a day the next day, but then all of a sudden you're going to pray 40 minutes, and you're going to get frustrated and realize, God, I didn't pray my hour today. 
But if you'll take one step at a time and just start praying every day, at least for a few minutes, and then you, after you do that for a while, you start saying, okay, I'm going to pray five minutes every day. Then you're going to say, I'm going to pray 15 minutes every day. One bite at a time, we can get to where we actually have a prayer life and we love it. We think the same, same thing with the, reading the Word. So I, there's no way I've ever read all the way through, through the Word of God. I've had people say, wow, you've read through the Bible that many times? How, yeah, how did you do that? I read it every day. Every day. Every day. What do you do every day? I mean, everybody goes to the bathroom every day. Generally, I hope. Unless there's a physical issue going on in your life, but generally, everybody goes to the bathroom. Most people I know, you know, if you go, you're there 5, 10, 15 minutes. Now, some people, we think we're going to have to call the fire department and get them out. We don't know. But if you're in there that long, don't scroll Facebook the whole time. You're there. Get your Bible and read it. See, just one step at a time. We think, I could never worship, worship up front like that person. Well, let's start with just standing up in our seat. Brother David, let's start with just clapping our hands. One step at a time. One bite at a time is how you're going to get this big, huge thing that looks so big, there's no way I could ever do it. And we, what about this? There's no way I could ever forgive that person. <laughs> let me tell you how you can do that. Let's just, let's go to the dollar store and let's get another notebook. And let's write down everybody, everybody that we feel like we need to forgive. And then every day I want you to visit that thing. One step at a time. You look at that and you pray about it. Say, Lord, you can just sit right there and say, I forgive them and release them in the name of Jesus. And every day, if you will do that one bite at a time, what you'll find out eventually, you'll think, I ain't got nothing against that person no more. I can cross their name out. There's no way we could ever have a marriage that good. There's no way I could ever have a marriage that good, a relationship that good. Let me tell you what, people who've been married for years and years, what you can find is the fact that they've had some consistency. They've had some date nights. They've had some uh, arguments. And they've had some makeups. But you know how they got there? One day at a time. One step at a time. And this is my challenge to us. Surely. Come on now. You know, I could keep going through phrase after phrase that applies to us. You, you right now, no doubt some of you got things going through your mind right now. I could never have something like that, or I'd like to have this. Life. And you're, this is going through your mind right now thinking. You're thinking, how could I ever get to that place? Do you know that some of the greatest men and women in this world are no different than you are? You know what the only difference between them and us is? Is they, they decided they were going to attack the elephant in their life. And they took one step at a time. And they'd done it one bite at a time. One bite after another. Until either that elephant was out of their room. Or that mountain was tucked down one shovel at a time. Just one step at a time. And this is what I'm talking about. Because surely some of us are sick of where we are in our lives. Surely I'm talking to some people that's like me. You're, you're sick of the devil beating up on you. You're sick of your family not coming to church. Or you're, you're sick of this not happening. Or, or, or you know, sure, surely people are sick and tired of being sick. We're, 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 surely we're sick and tired of feeling spiritually inadequate in our lives. Surely, oh, how about our church? Surely. We're sick of seeing empty seats and, and, and people that we, we know that need to be in the house of God, but they're not here for whatever reason. Surely we're sick of seeing that. How are we going to get this big, huge task of this, this, this city? It's 9,000 people in this county, and there's three, about 3,000 people in the city of Marion, and that's not counting the extended uh, reach that we have of reaching into all the way into Morganfield and Dawson Springs and, and, and down into uh, 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 Princeton and, and, and all the way into Eddyville and, and, you know, all the way down past towards Smithland. We have this stretch and we think, oh, God, how are we going to do that? One bite at a time. You know, it's, it's cliche, it's the story. The young boy walking the beach with all the starfish out on the beach and 
He's picking up starfish, throwing them in the ocean. And, and uh, the guy comes by and says, what are you doing? He said, I'm, I'm helping save these starfish. He said, look at all these starfish on this beach. There's no way you can save all of those make a difference. He picks up the one starfish, throws it back out in the ocean. He said, I made a difference in that one. One soul at a time. One bite at a time. Whether we're talking about for a church or we're talking about ourselves individually, whether we're talking about ourselves physically or we're talking about ourselves spiritually, we should have something in our life that says, you know what, I have an elephant that I want to get rid of or I have this huge mountain task that I need out of my life or I, I got this big thing that I want applied to my life. But we look at it and think, oh, God is so big. Yes, it is. But our God is big. And he's equipped us in such a way that we are creatures of habit. And we can just take and start a bite off of the elephant here and putting a block here. Take a bite out of the elephant on this day and then taking a block and adding it to this place in my life that I do need. It's this thing we just need to work back and forth till we get this elephant eat in our life. And I'm hoping that you will go on this journey with me because this is not all for you. This is also for me, okay? We think, I think a lot of times we think the preacher gets up there and, and, and I hope, I'm trying my best to let you know that I'm not perfect. I'm trying. I'm on this journey with you. And I, this is just where the Lord's put me. But I want you to go on this journey with me over the next few weeks and, and eating the elephants in our life. Because it's time. Just, just, it's time to just do something. We just can't sit. <laughs> Four lepers outside the wall famine inside and the enemy is over there but let's don't sit here till we die let's get up and do something amen there's a dying lost world I mean some of you folks are like me I turned I, I turned 50 December the 31st and now then I was talking to Jimmy in Texas went fishing yesterday morning we come down here and mow the churchyard and I was talking to him and I said look guys I said if we look at statistics, a man's average age in the United States is 76 years old. I'm 50. My life's two-thirds over. One thing, it shook me to get, go ahead and get the church started. I was 35 years old. And Sister Cheryl said, are you going to be uh, a youth pastor all your life? We need to wake up and realize, folks, it's fixing to be the middle of June this week, Okay. It's going to be Christmas whether you like it or not. You're going to be 50 if you're not there. Or you're going to be 60 if you're not there. And you're going to be 70. Or they're going to be coming by the casket and seeing you. Or Jesus is going to come back. So we got to do what we can with one bite at a time. Because if we're going to eat this elephant, it's going to take one bite at a time. And here's an issue. We gotta have the perfect program. This is me, all right. This may not be you. This is me. I gotta have the perfect program before I ever start it. All right. I have some of that. You wouldn't think it sometimes, but looking at my life, but I have a lot of that perfectionism stuff in me, and I I gotta get it all perfect, and I, you know they've gotta get it all perfect before they can do it. That's in me, okay. I battle that. I fight that in my life. And brother Wayne Huntley, my goodness, if if you did not. I know you guys didn't go, but if you did not catch the live stream of Brother Wayne Huntley preaching the Lighthouse the other night, you need to go to the Facebook page, Kentucky, or you can go to my Facebook page. I shared it. You need to go listen to Brother Huntley preach the other night because his message was the audacity to ask. It was good. But he made this statement. He, he said this preaching Friday night. He said, it's better to do an imperfect something than a perfect nothing. It's better to do an imperfect something than a perfect nothing. And some of us have had that perfect plan for so long. It's all planned out. We know how it's going to unfold. We know how it's going to work. We know how it's going to do. But the only thing that we're waiting for, we got, we're waiting for the right opportunity, the right moment, the right everything. And I know timing, I've talked about it so many times, timing is absolutely important when it comes to God. But sometimes God is just waiting for us to do something. Waiting for us to get up. Waiting for us to, uh, to be them four lepers and say, why are we going to sit here and die? 
We're waiting to get healed or we're waiting for food to come in there or the enemy to go away. Let's get up and do something. And this is what I'm calling on us is, church, let's do something. It may not be perfect, but let's, I, I'm, you know, what's worse than failing is never doing it. Right? What's worse than trying something and failing is never trying it at all. And let's go ahead. It's time for us to get our knife, get our fork, get our spoon, and start eating that elephant in the room one bite at a time. Some of us have been, I've been planning on losing that 20 pounds for the last 20 years. Well, it's time to go buy a scale, buy a notebook, keep a food diary. It's, it's time, uh, you'll know what you're eating. It's, it's time for me to get my debt under control. Go get a notebook. There's, there's free apps you can download to learn how to budget your money. Because I promise you, everybody here, if you don't budget your money, if you'll sit down and make a list of everything you're spending money on, you'll realize, I've got a lot more money than I thought I had. Because honestly, it, it's important. We think, oh God, I don't have no time to pray. I don't have no time to read my Bible. Go get that spiral notebook. When you get up, if you get up at 6 o'clock, you get up at 10 o'clock. I don't know when, I don't care when it is. You write down 10 o'clock, I got up. 11 o'clock comes, you just put a brief note of what you've done between 10 and 11 and the time you go to bed. And you keep a log of what you've done all the way through the day. And you can see where your time is. You can look at your checkbook. You can look at all that. You can see where your money goes. And if we'll just start taking one bite at a time. You've been wanting to get out of debt. You've been wanting to lose weight. You've been wanting to pray more. You've been wanting to read all the way through your Bible. You've been wanting to uh, get a book and, and, and start reading whatever the case. You've been wanting to forgive that person. You've been wanting to become a, a powerhouse worshiper. All of this stuff is going to start when we decide, I'm going to do it one bite at a time. And it's time for us to make small, consistent choices that over a long period, they're going to have such a tremendous impact on our lives, on our church, and on this world which we live in. And I know some of you, I've talked to you, I, know, I feel like I know where you're at in your life. You want this, but that elephant's so big. And I know that when we begin to think about all these areas of our life that need change or, or where we need to grow, it can be absolutely overwhelming. We think, how can I ever get there? And it can seem like trying to eat that elephant, but how you eat an elephant is just one bite at a time. And the way we become that person God has called us is by one choice at a time. Statistically, New Year's resolutions don't work. They say that 60% of the people abandon them within six months. The average person makes the same resolution ten times without succeeding. I have been that person. But the problem is it isn't our intention. It isn't our, pro, it isn't our desire. We do intend to do it. We do desire to do it. The problem is the how. Okay? And a lot of times we don't worry about the how because we don't understand the why. The why is important to be able to have the how in our life. Okay? Why do I want this out? If you don't know why you want the elephant out of the room, you'll probably never get out of the room. First thing we got to figure out is, why do I want this out of my life? Well, if it's a prayer life, you want that prayer life in your life because figure out why you want that. All right? Because I can make an impact in my world. I make an impact in my church. I make an impact in my family. And once we figure out the why, Brother Eddie, then we can, I'm going to help us with the how, okay, over the next few weeks. I'm going to help us with the how to eat this elephant. But we don't, we don't know how to eat the elephant. So I'm going to try my best to unpack several areas over the next few weeks in some different areas. But the simple answer is this, okay? Change is the product of my routine not my resolutions. The way we change is it is a product of my routines and not my resolutions. I resolve to do this. No. Change is really going to come. The key is, is the routines that we adopt in our life. Somebody said this. Resolutions without routines are like Ferraris without fuel. 
They're very impressive, but they won't get you very far. Okay? You can have the nicest, prettiest car out there, but if it has no fuel in it, it's not going anywhere. We can have the best, most beautiful discipleship program or weight loss program, any of that stuff, but if you have nothing to fuel that, it's not going to go nowhere, all right? If we want to change our lives, it's about small, consistent choices and the routines we adopt in our lives every day. And we live in a world, this is the problem, we live in a world where we expect everything to happen quickly and easily, right? I want my money now. We, we can't, you know, we think about income tax. Now we got what's called rapid refund. Well, what, what we don't always understand about the rapid refund, you're going to pay interest on that because you're borrowing money until you get your money back. That's basically all that is. I want, my, I want my food now, so we have fast food restaurants, and if you've got to wait more than five minutes in line, oh my God, the world has crumbled. Right? If I got to... We're going down through the aisles in Walmart and we're trying to find the shortest lane. And then we go sit in the car and scroll Facebook for 10 minutes before we pull off. I'm being real today, all right? This is, the, this is where we're at. Morning now, right now, microwave generation. But see, change, eating this elephant, it is a process. Because if you take, if you go get an acorn from the big oak tree out there, and you go out here and you slam it against the concrete out there, guess what's going to happen? It's going to smash that acorn all to pieces, and it's gonna, not going to make a bit of difference. But if we take that same acorn and we plant it out there beside of that concrete, and we water it through the, uh, the sunshine and nutrients it's going to get, that thing will grow to the place that it will completely destroy that concrete. There is an accumulated value that comes from us investing time into certain things over a long term, whether it be our health, our family, our faith, our finances. When we're willing to invest little bites into these things, little, whether it's a little bite off of something we don't need or a brick into something we're trying to build, it takes it one step at a time. And, and, and we, know, we know this stuff to be true, but we, we, like most people, we want the miraculous instant results, right? We want God to heal us of cancer now. When God might be saying, well, I, I put that in your world to change your lifestyle. And if I give you the miracle, it may not happen. So it may take me healing you instead of you getting your miracle. See, this is how God does. And we, we're, we're not... See, it, but it's only when we embrace that repetitive, that boring, that mundane, that we get to see the, the miraculous results. We, we see some preacher come in and preach and get us all, blah, blah, blah. Listen, there's hours, there's hours in study. There's hours in prayer. There's hours that's been one bite at a time. Brother, uh, Brother Huntley said it the other night because somebody got up and talked about the great messages that he had preached and how they impacted his life. He got up and said, I know that, that you know you're talking about that, but you know what? You're getting an accumulation of many, many sermons down through the world, the years that's accumulated and built to this one sermon that's impacting your life. And if we resist, if we resist the repetitive, the tedious, the, uh, we're going to miss the great things that God has for us. Paul wrote in the Corinthians, to the Corinthians church, 1 Corinthians 1 and 9, uh, this is from a different version, said, Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. We've been given gifts, every one of us. We've been given the gifts of finances. You might go, well, I ain't got very much. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how much, whether it be money, time, or whatever. It's not a matter of what, how much we have. It's a matter of what we do with what we got. And he's entrusted us with finances, with faith, fitness, family. All of that requires us to be good stewards. God's trusted us with them. So we need to be faithful to increase them like the servant in Matthew 25 doubled what they had. And that just didn't accidentally happen. The Bible lets us know they invested. But the other guy, he buried the one little talent. What if he had invested his? What if he had took one bite at a time, one brick at a time? And if we truly want more, more finances, better fitness, better relationships with God, uh, uh, our families, faithfulness has to be front and center. 
Faithful to take a bite every day. Faithful to put a brick in it every day. Faithful. Faithfulness is that one bite at a time. Because after all, what we want to hear is, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over what? A few things. And now then, I'm going I'm to make you ruler over a lot of things. That's Jesus' highest accolade to us. Is well done, faithful over what I have given you. And just a few strategies, and I'll be done today, and I'll, I'm going to get into specific things that, that we can attack in our lives. And I, I don't know what all they'll be. I got some things in my mind, so I'm not going to say anything right now with it all. But uh, number, number one is we've got to do it one bite at a time, okay? Most experts say that you can't change everything all at once. The late T.F. Tinney said, if you're going to take a church and you're going to move the organ in an old established church, you have to move it one inch at a time. Because there's some people, if you move that organ in an established church from one side of the church to the other, you'll cause the church to that, that organ's been sitting there for years. He said, but if you'll move it one inch at a time, you can get it moved. All right? And that's how it is with us. So I, I, I'm gonna, we're going to need to pick two or three things in our life and focus on it, okay? We can't just pick um, a half a dozen, a dozen things and think, oh, we're going to take care of it. No, let's focus on a few things. All right, next thing's consistency, okay? We've got we to gotta take one bite at a time, then we've got to be consistent with it, all right? No matter what it is, if you're going to get the elephant eat or the mountain or the, the building built, one block, true consistency comes with, with uh, true change comes with consistency. That's a lot like faithfulness, doesn't it? That's a lot like it. Look at your progress. It'd do us good to get a journal, calendar. And then I want you to celebrate when you start making some difference in your life. If you're paying off debt, say you got $10,000 you're going to pay off, Every hundred bucks, celebrate. Now, that don't mean charge a hundred dollars on something. We just lose everything. That means celebrate, okay? Enjoy it. Or, or maybe you, you realize, oh, wow, I've been praying for a month. Somebody you trust, not Facebook. Get on there. Oh, wow, I've been blah, blah, blah. No. Celebrate. Somebody that can celebrate and not knock you down, but also can celebrate. Track it, okay? Tracking makes all the difference in the world in consistency, okay? Because if you don't know where you've been, you don't know how you're going to get where you're going. This is just, I'm teaching, this is just general stuff. Uh, then we've got to look at it and look. We've got, we got to look at what we're doing and look for what we're doing, okay? Keep that word faithfulness in front of us. Maybe you're going to take some scriptures and write them out. Put them on your phone screen. Put them on your refrigerator about what faithfulness is about. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Or this scripture that, that I, I, I've opened here, with here tonight. I'm going to close or today. I'm going to close with a second. And then refocus. This is what I'm trying to do in my life right now is refocus. Three or four or five years ago, I said, I'm going to make Daniel a better person. I fell back in that mundane slip back. I'm, 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 in, I'm in this refocusing area. Okay, let me refocus what? The, the elephant. I've got to take care of the elephant. I'm, the prayer life. I'm trying to build a prayer life. Okay? A lot of times we've got to refocus. And I'll, I'll close today with the same scripture that I opened with. Um, the, the second part of it anyway. For he that soweth in the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. We are all investing. We're all investing into something. So let's not invest into the flesh because we'll reap corruption. But he that soweth in the Spirit shall the Spirit reap life. If we'll start sowing in that, we're going to reap back from it. And this is the powerful scripture. Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, you will reap if you faint not. Sooner or later, the elephant's going to be eaten. Or it's going to at least be eaten down enough to where you can easily get it out of your, out of your world. Okay? Right now, it's big. We can't get rid of it. We can't just grab it. Let's get out of here. No. Let's start taking one bite at a time. Till we get it out of there. And let's start building one block at a time. But if we'll be faithful, we're going to reap, okay? And now, I know I've mentioned this quite a bit with finances and stuff today, but this is it's a good example of it, okay? About two years ago, I realized that I'd made some, well, I knew I'd made some dumb decisions anyway, financially, but I had some circumstances that happened that 
put me in a bind and I realized, oh God, what am I going to do? And we had to step back and we had to realize, what am I going to do here? So one step at a time, we started knocking some things out of our life. And this prayer we've been praying, hey, over the last two years, I've done lost count of how many debts that we've knocked off. Now then we've got a couple big ones we're knocking off. And you know what? I don't know, you may not be a Dave Ramsey fan, but I am, but he's got something called the snowball uh, system paying off debt. The snowball's starting to get bigger for us. And I had this, I got this debt that was in some thousands. And now then it's like every month. Like, I'm like, wow, this is getting exciting. This is getting exciting. And he has this saying, okay? I know this is money, but I'll be done with this today. He has this saying when it comes to money that we can apply spiritually, all right? If you'll live like nobody else, one day you'll live like nobody else. Now, his is money-wise. He applies it this way. If you'll live like nobody else, one day you will live and give like nobody else. But here's the thing. If we will live like nobody else when it comes to spiritual matters in life, when other people's doing whatever, and you're taking one little step at a time, you're praying, you're reading, you're studying, you're reaching, the next thing you know, something incredible is going to happen. All right? This famous guy won... Uh, I guess he's famous now. He wasn't before this. He won a golf tournament. And somebody said, ask him one day, said, after he won his tournament and they had him up there, I, I'm pretty sure it was golf. But anyway, they said, how do you feel about your overnight success? He said, overnight success? It took me 20 years to get here. Everybody learned his name overnight because for 20 years he had been taking one step at a time, building his career where all of a sudden he looked like an overnight success but it didn't happen overnight it happened one step at a time in church I've always felt that God was going to give us one of the biggest churches in this area maybe not this building but the multiple ones that it's going to happen one step at a time Lord we love you we thank you we just ask that you would help us God Lord, we would be challenged, Lord, to go beyond where we are now, God, and become everything that you've called us to be, Lord. Lord, I'm asking.